Hi everyone and welcome to the Sweet Spot on a Farm episode 70. If you never listened to this podcast before, it's all about health and food and it is my search for an answer to how can we achieve healthy body and mind with the resources that are available to us locally. And I'm looking at what we can do to improve our health and what and how we eat to support it. My guests come from various backgrounds and are professionals in their field. They all have a lot of valuable information to share to provide us with the tools we need to lead a healthy, happy lifestyle that is personal to each and every one of us. We talk about their work, their passions and their lifestyles, and we share cooking tips and plant-based recipes we can all easily make at home. Today we will talk about sustainability, environment and zero waste, something we have touched on before with Susan and Claire from East Belfast Free Cycle. And uh, my guest is someone who was so passionate about reducing waste and encouraging sustainability that she started a refill store in Belfast. Uh, we, well, no, it's actually a couple of refill stores <laughs> in Belfast, actually. Um, today, I'm talking to one of the founders of the refill quarter, Alice Wilkinson. Alice, um, I always like to start the podcast talking about my guest. I'm always interested in the journey that led uh, people doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so how did you find yourself passionate about waste and environment and how did you find yourself passionate enough that you decided to, to start lunch with the shop my it's one of those things where it's it's sort of it's crept into my life slowly I mean obviously not all I wasn't passionate about zero waste things all this time but when um when free cycle came on the scene like quite a, quite a moment let me think back my when my gramps died, he had a flat full of stuff that my mum wanted to give away. And so FreeCycle was quite new at the time. So this must have been about, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago, something like that. And, um, and she just found it the most incredible resource. So she was giving away all kinds of things that people came and took and, and all the rest of it. So it saved us having to do some kind of house clearance or throwing things out. He was an artist and he had all these trinkets and bits and pieces that she was convinced would be useful to somebody. So the free cycle was a big thing for her. And I'd never heard about it at the time. Um, we were all into recycling and um, I was working at the time as cabin crew. And I remember going to um, one of the layovers somewhere I think I was in India somewhere and there was no recycling in the hotel so I took my bottles and stuff home with me in the suitcase <laughs> I could take them home put them in my home recycling and things like that so um anyway the free cycle thing when I moved over here um I didn't really have much in the way you know I moved over with my boyfriend and we didn't have much in the house and so um I was using free cycle to get pieces of furniture and things because again it was it was quite small at the time it was still just the emails it wasn't the group or the website or anything like that it was just purely an email group and um, it was just so nice talking to other people and chatting to people and you know speaking to people getting this cool stuff and also we got rid of loads of stuff oh, I don't need that and it was such a nice um, feeling of the give and take and the share and the saving from landfill and all of that so it was always there kind of rumbling in the background. I was quite into, you know, being eco-friendly and um, the reusing old. And anyway, sort of fast forward several years, I ended up doing yoga teacher training um, and that's where I met Susan, who's a partner for the business. So um, we decided we were going to open up our yoga studio, which is Yoga Quarter in Ballyhackamore. 
And um, so part of, certainly for me, I kept on saying that a, a part of decking out the studio, I want me to, to we're going to try and source locally as much as we can and u- use old stuff. And, you know, we were down at the salvage jars and we were getting old doors and glass bricks and furniture and upcycle. And it was amazing what we managed to create just out of things. Again, FreeCycle was a bit bigger by then. There was quite a lot more available and the gum tree was on. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of effort, but you can create amazing stuff when you're, when you're really passionate about trying to make sure that you don't just run off to the high street or go online and just order a load of stuff. So, um, so that was how um, the yoga quarter stuff came in. And anyway, because it was already on my radar and I was obviously eco-friendly and I was, you know, Instagram following certain accounts, blah, blah, blah. These zero waste shops started to appear in my feed (laughs) and I remember sending a picture of one to Susan as a joke going oh here's our next business venture it was really a flip it was a joke (laughs) and then uh, we we I because I wanted one I was like when's somebody gonna bring this to Belfast like how cool would this be these you know zero waste shops and um, anyway we waited and nobody opened one and then we started to think well maybe it's not such a crazy idea and then we flew over to Bristol and we um, spent a day with the girls who'd opened up Zero Green over there talking to them about the shop because we had no retail background I'd never even worked in a shop you know not even anything that would in any way lend itself to a venture like this so yeah we went and spoke to them and it was really a leap of faith we just decided that we we felt so strongly that it was it was a good idea and that the Belfast needed one if we were looking for one there must be loads of other people who were also looking for something like this and we just literally went okay let's find a premises we got the place over in Belmont Road we signed the lease and then we went right now what you know and, um, and it all started from there it was really just me sitting on the laptop until midnight just night after night after night just where do we get gravity feeds where do we go and, like emailing all these local suppliers saying can we get some stuff from you and what about this and like circular packaging and it was um it was a it was a hard slog it was you know it was a journey but anyway we got there in the end and we've, we're still on a journey we're still learning a lot because like I say this is not at all <laughs> we don't have sort of you know marketing degrees or business acumen or whatever it's just um two people who with an idea well three <laughs> people sorry I've gone I've missed one out but he's always in the background so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it was just it was sort of a wing and a prayer really for us <laughs> That is brave madness. It was. Um, It felt like it at the time as well, but yeah. That just shows you what you can do with passion if you really, really want and believe in something. That is amazing. Yeah. I would would have been scared. I'd probably chicken out. Well, it was. And, you know, there was obviously a lot of fear because um, apart from all the time and the effort, it was a lot of money that you invest in something like this. But um, we, we did this handwritten cardboard poster in the window of Belmont Road you know Belfast first zero waste shops coming here and we put it on Instagram and it went absolutely bananas like my phone was bing 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 because it just was it spread far and wide so quickly and the messages and suddenly there's loads of people following it and and saying I'm so excited I really wanted one of these so and that for us was um a real boost that we were like yes we, we had the hunch and actually now it seems like we we were right that actually we were just two of loads of people thinking when, when are we going to get a zero waste shop in Belfast so oh that's great so lovely because even when we were there and we were getting it all decked out you know people would walk past the window and be like two thumbs up and you know come on it was so we were really felt like people were cheering us on which was just 
so great. It was so, it was so nice to know that there was lots of people who were really behind us. It was great. Do you think it's easier and more reassuring maybe when you do have a business partner rather than going it alone? Yeah, I guess because we, you know, we're quite, we're quite different, but it means that we can throw ideas of one another and different perspectives. And um, yeah, definitely, it's always nice when you've got another person where you can just bleh, you know, just talk. <laughs> oh my gosh, even it was just to get the frustrations out. You know, you just share share things. It's nice. Yeah, definitely. How do you? I know you mentioned that you know you got the shop and now. Where do you get the stuff? Yeah. How do you choose your suppliers and what are the criteria yeah. for the items that you want to stock in your store? Well, we sort of naively thought at the start that we would be able to say to people, oh, we want this item, but we don't want it in packaging. You know, we'll do like a return bucket scheme or whatever. Um, but in reality, that doesn't exist for many, many suppliers. So... Um, We we started off going, what do we need and where can we get it locally? And there were some really easy ones, like for the coffee beans, we you know we use Root and Branch and Belfast Coffee Roasters, both local roasteries, and, and we do the bucket, and that works brilliantly. Um, but there are other things, like especially for the food. So the way we chose what to stock was really just a simple matter of, well, what do we have in our kitchen cupboards? <laughs> what is, obviously, dried food was a prerequisite. And... Um, Yeah, we, it was really, it's, it's frustrating in some respects because we know that, for example, White's Oats is a locally grown, it's grown in Northern Ireland and we approached them directly and said, can we not just get straight from you? And obviously, da, 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 we could do this returnable scheme. But of course, in reality, that isn't how they operate. They, you know, they do their harvest, they have a huge production. They do the harvest, they get the thing, goes into the paper bags and it gets distributed off to wholesalers or whoever gets it. So the idea that this tiny, tiny shop who might just want one or two bags in a week might go, well, can we come and give you this thing and you do the thing? They just said, listen, that's not how we operate. You have to just get it from one of the people that, you know, we work with. And so there there are always but we put the idea out there and then you know we hope that maybe at some stage things might change a little bit but for the majority of the things that we get it's a sad practical thing where who are the wholesalers you know what do they sell can do they sell do they ship to northern ireland which is a big one a lot of the wholesalers are based in england for example and um, they all just come in the 25 kilo sack so we kind of parked that whole idea of us not having packaging because that was quite quickly apparent that just simply wasn't the case so we most of the stuff that we get was kind of three different ways we get it they either come in a plastic bag they either come in one of those um sort of plastic woven bags or they come in cardboard that tends to be the, the way we get them so the cardboard boxes we either recycle or we keep and then people use them we've always got things up on um social media and on you know local sites to say if anybody's moving house we've got boxes and we have a few people as well that we regularly give boxes to so they get used again a lot of the time the plastic bags we'll use them for our own waste and stuff like that and um we we send them to the supermarket we get them recycled but anything that comes in the woven things we just have to accept that they have to go to landfill which you know for a shop like us it sucks a bit but um It also means that for any one bag that we have to throw away, we're also saving, you know, hundreds of little bags and little labels and the process that it goes into making them and all the rest of it. So there is, there are some where it's brilliant and there are some where it's not so great, but all over and as a whole, um, you know, it's still the main thing for us is the reduction of the waste. So it's, um, yeah, it's just one of those things you have to just work and, and we keep chipping away and we're always trying to find better ways and local suppliers and we 
chop and change. We've got a new um, cleaning liquid supplier, True Wash, and that's a local guy that we've started to use, which is nice. So, yeah, it's it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. Like I say, I think we were a bit naive in what we would be able to get, but on the whole, um, it works. It works well. I love the way that you just bounce back, and I can imagine that it must have been really disheartening realizing that it's not going to be completely zero waste. Yeah, it just doesn't no. work. The, you do have to send some stuff to landfill, sadly. Yeah. But you know what? I think that the culture of packaging is hopefully slowly changing. And I think, and I mentioned that in my last podcast, if we as consumers fight back yeah. and let the big manufacturers and the companies know that we're not happy with the mm. packaging they're using, they're going to have to go and look for alternatives. Yeah. And hopefully soon, instead of those plastic woven bags, mm. you're going to hopefully get something that is... At the very least, recyclable. Yeah. Because we also always advocate that recycling is good but actually it's far better to reuse things yeah. so that's our sort of number one thing wherever possible which is the whole ethos with the customers coming in and reusing what they have but um yeah you know it's it's one of those things where that's our message is it's we are not perfect and nobody can be perfect and the best way to do anything is just to do what you can when you can as much as possible so whilst it sort of gnaws at me that we have to have a landfill bin it doesn't get anything like the amount in it that the recycling bin does or the food waste bin or whatever. So um, we only have one big bin that we have out the back and that's only for recycling. So we don't have a land waste, uh, a landfill bin, like a big, you know, those big Grundon type ones. And when we see what some of our neighbours have, you know, it blows your mind the, the waste that other places generate. So I kind of remind myself of that. I said, actually, in real terms, we're doing brilliantly. We've got a tiny landfill bin and it gets it only gets filled up maybe once a week or a fortnight, which is, you know... It's, I think that's good going. You have to remind yourself it's about the wins and not the ones where, you know, you haven't maybe won so much. Oh, that's such a great takeaway message. I do have to say that I um, we were quite proud of ourselves at home when we realized that our um, landfill, like general waste bin in the kitchen gets only really emptied once a month and not even because it's full yeah but because it really starts to stink and it needs to get out yeah yeah exactly <laughs> whereas our recycling goes out like every other day and when we lived in an apartment we were like the ones to constantly fill up the recycling container and anxiously waiting for it to get emptied so yeah. we can put more, more in it yeah exactly <laughs> and throwing out our compost bin every other day yeah. and um you know, so we're kind of realized, okay, we're we're doing something good. Yeah. And now that we moved into a house, um, it's great because now we started our own composter. Yes. So we're composting yeah, a lot straight of the to stuff the garden, which is yeah, great. Which is really nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely you have to you have to count the wins, don't you? Otherwise, you just, it would be really depressing. <laughs> exactly, and it's interesting because I think. Um, a lot of our customers are like right I've nailed the landfill bin like there's very little that goes into it now now I need to nail the the recycling bin so we do get customers who come in like when we got the oat milk there was a couple of customers who came in and said you know what funnily enough I was looking at my recycling bin I was like right what have we got in here that is like number one candidate for like trying to find an alternative and actually those tetra packs for things like the oat milk and it took such a long time to get it. It's something that we've been liaising with them a lot because, we'd, again, we'd seen other zero-waste shops getting it. But because of complications, Brexit, suppliers, the machine and the rest of it, it's really taken a long time. So we're really happy to have it. And it's been very well um, utilised, which is 
brilliant because I always think for all the people who are utilizing that, how many of those packets, you know, when I try and visualize, it's like when we have our big drums at the bottom that you can see, the 200 liters, I think, how many little bottles has one of those saved? It's, you know, blows your mind a bit when you think about it in those terms, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's funny how people are auditing the recycling now and how, right, what can I stop putting in the recycling? <laughs> so how do you, because I know Brexit has been a massive stopper for a lot of, yeah. especially small businesses, because yeah. so much doesn't get delivered to Northern Ireland. Yeah. Now. And if you want to try and get something from European Union, obviously, the cost of delivery and the cost of the goods themselves, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm just wondering... How have you managed to tackle it? And have you found that really a lot of the stuff that you sell, can you can you get most of it locally? No, it's Brexit was a, a big nightmare for us. I mean, we nobody really fully understood what was going to happen. And lots of our suppliers were saying, we would recommend that you order more than you need so that you've got enough because we don't know what's going to happen with Brexit and that will maybe cover you. So we did a lot of stockpiling um, in, in the couple of months that were leading up because obviously the Brexit was over that Christmas period. And um, But what we weren't prepared for was that after um, we came back after Christmas and the Brexit had happened, we lost our three main suppliers that were based in England. They all said, look, from now on, we can't send anything to you until we understand what we're doing, which was, a, it was a, the most stressful hammer blow. I mean, when I say three main suppliers, I'm talking about the food. Um, um, luckily, we had one that was based in Dublin and we were still able to use them for a lot of our stuff. And, and we have a couple of suppliers locally based here. And, um, and there was one, and then it sort of it went back to the original emails that I had been sending to local suppliers that, or people that I knew, distributors here, who had originally only done things in tiny packages, which we said obviously didn't suit us. And I was going back to them and saying, can you, can we think, come up with a solution? Because now we're snookered because we've got this major issue with suppliers, but you have what we need, but it's just the packets are too small. So there was a lot of um, toing and froing and messages and blah, blah. So... Eventually we did. We managed to get local suppliers to change their what they were offering to suit us so that we could we could avoid having, you know, empty shelves and it was obviously it was really stressful, but um I suppose in some ways it's nice because it's meant that we have been able to change some local suppliers to be able to provide stuff to us in bulk and that means it's here you know in Northern Ireland already but out of all those three suppliers only one of them came back and that was in June and there's still many problems that we have even with them with some of the paperwork and some of the things and can we get organic can we not so it's um it's an ongoing stress it's been it's quite it's been difficult but to be honest it's been (laughs) but uh yeah it's just like so much of the last two years, it's just been challenge after challenge after challenge, you know, just, it's been so unbelievably difficult on so many levels because, the, you know, when the, the rush was happening, the toilet rolls and the pasta and all of that, so <laughs> that for us, I mean, we were selling all the stuff that everybody wanted, but again, because there was such a rush on the wholesalers that they all said, right, no more orders because suddenly we can't cope, and... Um, 
So then there was that scrabbling around, how do we get the stock that we need so that we can you know, provide <laughs> stuff for our customers? The rural wars. Yeah, and then it was lockdown, so we suddenly had to get a delivery system going. And then it was like, how do we get hold of flour? Because everyone was baking in that first lockdown. My goodness. But that was another one. So actually a local supplier said, we have flour. Would you, would you, do you need more? Because we were already using a local supplier. We were, yes, we definitely need more. And we were getting, like at the time, two pallets a week of just bags and bags and bags of flowers, unbelievable. <laughs> but that all stopped eventually. And people, I think for all the people with the best of intentions, oh, I'm definitely gonna carry on baking, that clearly hasn't happened because we're <laughs> not getting two pallets worth of flour a week. But um, yeah, you know, the delivery, and then obviously there was more lockdowns and then Brexit and da da da. So it's just been a real roller coaster. <laughs> it's just baptism of fire, really. When, for I'm guessing business. maybe this is why you can't really have organic versions of a lot of the food because getting organic, getting anything organic from mainland mm. is absolute nightmare because of the legislation that's really not clear and the administrative costs. Yes, it's difficult. We we spoke to some other shops. We didn't sell a huge amount of organic stuff. It's not because our number one focus is, is to reduce waste. And for the products where we do have an organic and a non-organic um, option, Organic still is not the favoured one. Most people will still prefer to... I think cost is, is the bigger factor for the majority of people. So we cater to that. For the, There are some products we have organic and you know that's fine, but most of the stuff we have isn't organic because we don't really want to alienate the majority because we're exclusively selling organic stuff. So luckily for us, because it's not a biggest, the biggest part of what we sell, um, there has been obviously a few issues and... Um, there are difficulties, but it, luckily for us, because I have spoken to other businesses where they are organic farm shops and things like that. And, you know, we had conversations and tele late night telephone calls with some of them. Just It was just really sad. It was like, what are you doing? Because we're stuck, you know. It was, it's been, as you said, it's been a big challenge. But, you know, somehow people have managed to circumnavigate it a little bit and find alternatives. But it is, it's a, it's a what I suppose one of the big things that I feel is a shame is that that um, people who are perhaps using suppliers who were based in England are now using suppliers that are based in probably Holland or something like that. So, you know, I guess that, that's, that feels like a shame because you're not, even in, within the United Kingdom, you're not able to support somebody who's, you know, local, I suppose, in that way. But um, as I say, it's just, that's just how it goes. You just have to do, make, make changes and that's just one of the ways it has to work. Um, I wonder when it comes to local suppliers um, we chatted before um, we started recording about um, local small um, artisan makers offering um, you supplies to stock what would you consider stocking and what would you not what are the rules when somebody has something that you might want to stock here yeah so the first thing obviously is we wouldn't we wouldn't sell anything that was sold in single use plastic um, that is a, a prerequisite. Um, we don't. We uh, we kind of have a few boxes that have to be ticked. So ideally, in the ideal world, we're going for something that is a refill item, i.e., no packaging at all, which is great for things like the tea, the coffee, the refuse chocolate melts, and stuff like that. Um, when it comes to things like soaps, um, natural ingredients, no harsh chemicals or anything like that. Um, like I say, the packaging we wouldn't sell something that came in single-use plastic, but also. Um, Things that can remove the need for a single-use item. 
So we might have something that has a bit of plastic in it or synthetic in some way, but if having that item means that, like coffee cups, for example. So um, we have a few different um, types of um, re you know, reusable coffee cups that we sell, and they'll probably have some plastic in them, most of them, or something that's highly processed. But if, if by buying one coffee cup means that it's going to save, you know, a hundred single-use ones, then that's something we feel we can stand by. So, um, it, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, like, I think we said before, you know, we get a lot of soap makers, we get a lot of candle makers saying, oh, we do this thing, and we would love to be able to just say, great, we want to support all these local um, makers and creators, because there are so many, but on the other hand, we can only, you know, there's only so much we can stock. So, um, yeah, those are, like, our main our main criteria is so the packaging, the, the fact that natural products and um, ideally something refill or removes the need for um, a single use item. Um, do you have a special criteria as to what to stock? Is there anything that you feel that the shop needs or that there's too, too much of out there that you wouldn't even consider stocking? Is there any, um, I know you, you mentioned obviously natural, natural ingredients. Um, do you, is there, you know, plant-based versus something that might have not necessarily sort of like honey maybe? Yeah. Um, that sort of stuff. What are the criteria as for the actual product itself? Well, we don't really. I mean, so Avril Milligan is one of our soap makers and she has a range of soaps. Um, three of them use goat's milk and the rest of them don't. So we just said to her, okay, well, we won't go. We're not a vegan store. Um, But when there's a choice, we will go for one that doesn't involve anything like that. So that's just a choice. But no, we don't have specifics. I think if somebody approaches us and says, oh, I make this thing and I um, include like, for example, the, the locally made deodorants that we have by Green Ladies. Um, she used to use bee wax in her, beeswax in hers and, and we sold them and they were popular. And then we said to her, is there a way that we can do them without the beeswax because it would be nice if they were vegan. And um, anyway, and she's completely transitioned across now and doesn't use the beeswax at all. So they're all vegan. So, but, so we wouldn't say no, but we, on the other hand, you know, we would like to at least have options, you know, again, for the refuge um, milkshakes, she had a cream one, but she came up with a vegan version. So that's really nice that we can have both of those. So um, no, we don't have a, like a specific set of criteria we don't say oh it mustn't contain this or it must have this or it must tick this box that box but as long as we know that it's sort of and also it has to we we have to know that there's the person behind it has the same passion sometimes it's somebody goes oh I make these local things and maybe they'll be lovely for you we look on the website you know there's loads of single-use plastic so um we wouldn't say well if you sell it to us and with no plastic then that's fine uh, or if we sell it for you know if we stock your item um, we won't use the single-use plastic where if then if it's not with us we're then using loads of it because that doesn't fit in with our ethos you know so it's got to come from a, a genuine place and sometimes we have said to people oh we'd love to have a conversation with you about your packaging or maybe using a recycled material um, rather than virgin material for stuff certainly if it's not um, something that would remove single-use um, so yeah, we do have those conversations and there are plenty of people who just say, look, I'm sorry, that isn't, he does, doesn't, just doesn't fit in with what we do and we have to stand by that. It has, for us, it has to be about the reduction of the waste. So yeah, it's not, it's not so binary as it must be this or it must be that. It's very much a sort of each one we'll look at on an individual basis. And on the other hand, are there any products that you would absolutely love to get in the store, but it doesn't really fit 
the packaging or it's impossible to get? Um, God, do you know what? I think that's a really good question. I think you even sent me that one. Even at the time I thought, is there something? And I'm like, God, if only. There's a few things um, that, you know, sometimes people say, ah, oh, would you not do yogurt or would you not do tomato ketchup? And, you know, I think, again, it's like a household thing. There are plenty of households that we use a lot of this, we use a lot of that, and it always comes in a plastic container. And we just have to say, look, sadly, no, those aren't things that I think we're going to be able to to organise. But um, Oh, refilly yoghurt, that would be amazing. <laughs> it sounds like so simple, doesn't it? Like, of course, you just have a huge vat and everybody just bring a pot in with a ladle and fill it up. But um, Logistically, that would, I can't imagine how, how much of a nightmare that would be. But, oh my God, can you imagine, like, my partner and I are hooked on coconut yogurt right um, yeah we, we don't really do i haven't been doing dairy for many years yeah so we're hooked on these coconut yogurts and i just like they're all come in recyclable packaging and it's great yeah but it's just like how many of these pots we actually go through yeah. and i and i and can't even reuse use. them yeah, yeah. i would just love to <laughs> just come somewhere and just buy like two kilos of and yogurt and put it in my glass jar and <laughs> go home with it <laughs> yeah exactly i know so there are things like that where you think oh that's such a shame but that but yeah sometimes you just think okay i have to just accept that that's not gonna it's not going to happen. Yeah. Certainly, well, I don't know. Not at the moment. It's not going to happen. Well, you got the old milk. That's a good start. Yeah, and that's a great thing. And um, like, for example, you know, we've got the, the vegan cheeses in the fridge there. But that's, you know, um, those are artisan cheeses. But the packaging that they come in is all compostable and stuff like that. And um, we've spoken to local vegan cheese makers. But again, it's more to do with, the, you know, they do use some single-use plastics and... Um, also scale and availability and things like that so we have to be sure that if we're going to stock something that we we know we're going to have it available regularly and I think for a lot of small makers that, that can be quite a big challenge because it's maybe something that they're doing in their spare time and it's like oh but I couldn't do any this week because I, I had other plans which is completely fair and that's what it's all about but for certainly a retailer like us well we need to know that there's going to be availability and consistency because if we sell something and our customers really love it. We want them to be able to know that hopefully we'll have it in stock as much as possible. So, um. I think it is the cost of the like fully reusable or fully compostable packaging. Yeah. Like I, I chatted to you briefly about the scrubs I'm currently developing and looking into uh, packaging. Um, very luckily, any sort of like reusable tins or glass jars or even um, council compostable pouches yeah. um, they're fairly um, affordable even in smaller quantities yeah. if I wanted say um, refill pouches for posting the product and I wanted fully home compostable yeah. now the cost of it it's it would just skyrocket the cost yeah. of the product because I would have to pass the cost on to the customer yeah. um, alternatively you'd have to purchase like Depending on supplier, 5,000, maybe 10,000 units, mm. um, which is for somebody who's starting up a homemade artisan business that's, you don't even know if you're, you're going to sell 1,000 units in yeah. the next year, never mind 10,000. Yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And where are you going to store it? Um, and what are you going to do with it? If the business doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, and suddenly you're lumbered with tons of stuff that you've no idea what yeah. to do with. Yeah. And it's really difficult. And there's a lot the of money. hard questions to ask yeah. yourself. Like, do I, you know, where, what am I trying to achieve and, and, and at what speed and at what scale? And that's a, that's a sad thing that it's sort of a bit of a hindrance, I suppose, for, 
But then I suppose there's an opportunity there for that's where... Um, you know, some of these lovely community groups can all come together. Because if there's lots of people who are all trying to make a thing, blah, 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 and they would all like, you know, some containers, then, you know, you can maybe say, well, let's all combine our resources and we'll make place a combined order and we can distribute them between us. And then at least, you know, no one person's having to take a big risk. And, you know, there might be others that you could, like, take the risk together and say, right, well, you know, we'll order a huge amount and then you can have this amount and this amount and this amount and, you know, we'll take it from there. And finding other people in the same boat. Oh, that is, a, that is a really, really good idea. That's amazing. It's amazing once you reach out, like how many people and resources there are out there, you know? It it's sort of blows your mind a little bit that there's nearly always somebody somewhere that's either in the same boat or has the solution to your problem, as it were. So, um, I mean, one of the things we do with the shop is that we collaborate with some businesses that... Um, so we can the waste that we get they can use so there is a restore shop over in east belfast and i was chatting with them and they really need bubble wrap because they sell sort of glasses and mugs and whatever and they don't get very much these days and i said well we get some you know we'll save it in a box and we'll bring it over so our bubble wrap goes to restore and then when we get the cheeses the ice packs we save those we give them to the pizzeria across the road because they do deliveries with you, which is like an ice cream local company delivery and they can reuse those pouches and so and like i say we have people who we use our boxes and we have people who use our, our drums and you know so we work and we find people <laughs> who can use our stuff and um it say it helps them it helps us you know everyone's a winner so it's one of those things that if you like oh, i've got this this issue they'll they have somebody in the community will be able to help or you know i can give bubble up to restore <laughs> see um i'm the kind of person who um when we especially over over lockdown when we get a lot of deliveries from um because over, over lockdown, we were buying everything from food to, you know, anything else. Yeah. And um, I, I, have to, I have to single out Amazon because I don't understand how they select their packaging. But you order an item that is like this size, the yeah. size of your phone, and they send it in, in a massive box that looks yeah. like you just ordered a fridge. Yeah. And the amount of bubble wrap, and do you know, bubble wrap even doesn't bother me because a lot of people reuse it, and I reuse it myself. Yeah. So um, I keep all these boxes and all these bubble wraps and everything else that's in it, and I reuse it. Yeah. But what really drives me mad is that a lot of the boxes come in with these, you know, it's not even like polystyrene, but they're like these plasticky, they look like sort of like cones or whatever that is. Yeah. They, they put inside yeah. to stop things getting broken yeah but they're not recyclable yeah. because it's not recyclable plastic what are you gonna do with it so i have these <laughs> two bags of these plasticky things and i don't know what to do with them i yeah. don't want to throw them out so mm. i'm waiting for an opportunity to yeah. reuse it. use them i know i know exactly what you mean and there's you know, but funnily enough i shared a thing on our instagram recently that somebody else put up and said there's this there's this kind of fine line between zero waste and hoarder <laughs> where you can where you look at stuff you're like surely you know somebody or some point that's going to be useful to somebody you know you just keep it just in case but the one thing that's interesting about those little i know like the little nug like polystyrene yeah. nugget things there's quite a lot now these days that uh um they're like puffed um oh, i can't remember what they're made of but anyway they're dissolvable so you can always worth a try that if you find that if you can put one in a in a hot mug of water and it dissolves then you know that you can just put them in the compost because some of them are like that these days yeah but is that is that even if it dissolves is it not how do i know it's not toxic 
Yeah, well, I think I, the there's, the, I think that they are made out of a natural substance, and I don't quite oh, remember. Really this, I don't know it fully, but I know that some of our suppliers have said just by the way we're using the corn thingies or whatever they're made from, and they're dissolvable and then you know they're biodegradable and all that. Oh, they might be made from cornstarch, maybe. So I. Or or something sure. like that. <laughs> don't quote me because I might be talking piffle. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's definitely, I, but there's a move. I think that people have again recognised that actually those little polystyrene nuggets are just horrid, and that you know there are easier and cheap and decent alternatives. So you can see down there, that's just um, some of the packaging we get. Where and again, that company used to use like the, the giant bubble wrap, and now they shred cardboard boxes and they use that instead. So that's something that we'll be putting up probably today on our Instagram to say, I've got a load of shredded cardboard. Does anybody want to come and take it? I have that too. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the things that I kind of, I, I do keep hoarding packaging. I just, I don't throw anything out because, and then I'm thinking, if I move ahead with the scrubs, if I'm posting them, yeah, I'm I have packaging ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I am not going to, even like if I'm posting parcels or presents to my family back in the Czech Republic, I yeah. just reuse. I don't, I don't know why I would go and buy a new envelope that yeah. they're only going to throw yeah. out. And I don't understand why small and other businesses don't do the same. Yeah. Why do you have custom-made, with your branding-made boxes yeah. Yeah. to post stuff out? Yeah. There are a lot of boxes very envelopes. easily available yeah, yeah easily they're available. very easy to get out there in yeah. use already yeah. and we just make them single use and then put yeah. them in recycling why right. yeah exactly <laughs> i agree <laughs> there's usually a supply somebody somewhere who can utilize something okay so. round over <laughs> um you do sell a lot of gorgeous food. I have to. I um, met your bread delivery. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Sourdough. <laughs> I yeah. keep looking at the bread. It smells delicious because obviously when they deliver it, it's I'm, so I'm not fresh. a big bread person. I'm just like mm, sourdough. It's a sourdough. <laughs> um, selling a lot of gorgeous food like that. Um, what do you like to eat yourself? Do you do you have any? any special requirements or do you no um, I I kind of gave myself this little label that I like to call myself a reductionist and that I kind of apply that to everything so I apply that to like the clothes that I buy I try not to buy new wherever possible and um all the things I drive my car a bit slow and I walk places if I can and blah 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 but um like I said earlier, that by no means do I... I mean, I get these, sometimes I get these funny messages and emails from people saying, oh, I'm just doing this research project. I'd love to interview you about living your plastic-free life. <laughs> I have to reply, so I, I do not live a plastic-free life. I'm <laughs> I might have this like zero-waste shop, but I, like you, I have to get on a plane to visit my family and stuff. So um, I have this, um, yes, reductionist. So when it comes to what I eat, and obviously I have a three-year-old son as well, so sometimes I do things that's purely out of convenience. But I try to, I'm not a vegan, but I try not to have as dairy and meat wherever possible. So um, that's sort of how we operate. But occasionally we will, and, and you know, and certainly if I go over to a friend's house or whatever, I don't have any caveats about what they make for me. And, um, and that's just how. And then again, it sort of just fits back into, I do what I can when I can, if it suits me or if I want to. Um, but I, I'm not one for the blanket labels and things like that so um but i mean what do i eat regularly lunch is normally something on a slice of sourdough bread like that's an absolute staple i love Sounds it so much good to me <laughs> <laughs> breakfast is normally porridge with some sort of fruit and some chia seeds and stuff like that and then yeah lunch tends to be 
sourdough and something and then if I'm creative then I'll make something um, for dinner but a lot of the time it's just like oh my goodness what you know knock some pasta up quickly and things like that you know I'm a big fan of the cashew I love doing the soap you know the soap the cashews and then make a creamy sauce for pasta I think that's just I mean I discovered that about a year or two ago on somebody's Instagram feed and I was like that is genius it's so good because then it means that I've always it's always available I've always got cashews in the cupboard and all you've got to do is boil the kettle and I've got one of those um you know like ninja smoothie makers and that to me is a dream. Just put, the, put a handful of cashews in, a bit of hot water, let it sit, maybe chuck in a garlic clove or something, just zap it, and there you go. Cream Works sauce. Works with walnuts too. Does it? Only oh, with walnuts, you have to soak them overnight to uh-huh. make them softer because they're, yeah. they're not as creamy. Yeah. You know, they well, don't. the cashews, if you can soak them yeah. overnight, if I remember, I'm never usually that forward thinking. So for me, it's like the cashews, the hot water tends to be the quick fix. But yeah. And avocados, I eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite sourdough topping what do you like to put in a well i mean i do love again like so for the avocados i think what i do love is um avocado and then the tahini that we have is amazing it's such a lovely consistency and it's got a real lovely sesame taste so i would tend to avocado drizzle a bit of tahini on the top and then we've got this dukkha that is locally made by this lady who it comes under the name of taka cucina i think that's how you pronounce it and i just sprinkle that on the top and that oh heaven maybe some microgreens or some like herbs and stuff on the top but yeah that's to me is a perfect lunch oh my god <laughs> yeah it's so I easy am, i am a bit of a sucker for avocado and sourdough <laughs> yeah i love it i know i'm a real sucker when i used to fly i used to work as cabin crew for new zealand so we would be in la like two or three times a month and because their avocados were normally grown either locally california or, or in mexico and they were big and they were delicious and a lot of them you could get organic really cheap <laughs> i'd be buying avocados and bringing them home every week just to kind of keep up my avocado supply they were so good yeah i do feel a bit guilty buying avocados here to be preferred yeah because there's no such thing as a locally grown avocado but again that applies to tons of the stuff it's like coffee isn't it like there's no such thing when they're locally roasted but they're certainly not locally grown and that applies to loads of stuff that we all eat so yeah again it sort of it depends on (laughs) you do what you can if the sourdough is locally locally baked and then the the, you know the topping is a locally created thing then you know i feel like that's i think we just have to choose our battles you can't be 100 percent good about everything yeah exactly and that's I mean, what I mean. It's all about doing the things you can and congratulating yourself on the on the changes, the positive changes you're making, rather than, you know, berating yourself or judging yourself or other people for that matter on the ones that they're not. You know, I think that's a really important way of encouraging change is, you know, because it sort of it breaks my heart a little bit. If sometimes people walk in, especially here where we are on the Lisbon Road, because we're quite close to the Tesco, if people come in and like, oh, gosh, don't look, I went and did something. I went to Tesco and I think. But I go to Tesco. Of course I do. Like we don't. Please don't don't let the fact that you shop at Tesco in any way think that you then you know feel bad about appearing here with a shopping bag from Tesco. Like that's just not at all what we don't stand for. Any of that. We don't want anybody to ever feel that by coming in and you know not having this or eating you know or drinking you know a bottle of water from a plastic bottle or whatever. Like none of that should ever factor into anything. You know, for me, it's all about come in, have a look, and. If there's something we think, oh, I could do that or I could buy that, that's one thing I can change. Or I can have a bamboo toothbrush instead of a plastic one. Or I'll try those dent tabs and do that, you know. 
or even you know these things like the oil of, you know the oils and vinegars again it's sometimes it's just a matter of you know what instead of buying a whole big bottle I'll bring my own in I'll just take a little bit because I don't want that much and I don't want to have to buy a big thing and it will save me money by just getting a small amount and you know it's just the little things and the little changes and it's about as I say congratulating your stuff on the stuff you're doing rather than getting bogged down with because we can't do everything so talking about little changes do you have any tips um for yeah. people to turn their lifestyle into a bit more reductionist yeah yeah <laughs> um any simple tips that anybody yeah. can do if they're not already doing plenty that? I always think there are some super easy ones like like on a really practical level drive a bit slower on the motorway like okay the limit's 70 but you don't have to drive at 17 you'll definitely save yourself fuel and obviously fuel is a big drain on resources like for the planet so little things drive a bit slower if you're going into a coffee shop and you don't have a reusable cup and you're getting a takeaway coffee say to them i'll take the cup but not the lid and then you've saved something just by that one thing there and then if you are going to buy an ice cream from the ice cream shop get it in a cone and not in a cup because a cup is obviously thrown away and probably the little spoon you get too so if you have a cone you eat the whole thing no waste at the end of it so um i would use things like we have rapeseed oil here and i can i use that as a makeup remover you know that's a completely pure product and then i can use it for cooking and i can use it a little bit for you know makeup and um that for me feels like a good way to and it's a locally grown one so that's a simple change as well but i mean a lot of the things we all know about if you've got a washing machine try and use the eco setting you know if you can walk somewhere like turn your thermostat down. so many of them are things that we already know it's just a matter of doing them as much as you can as consistently you know the light turn off the lights and um so many things but yeah i think there's plenty of very tiny things that you can do that require no effort at all it's just remembering it's just trying to put yourself in that mindset of like oh do i really need to be driving that 70 am i in a hurry you know and again with the cup ah, don't worry about the lid i'm fine thanks very much and you know all these little tiny things help oh that's a really good one i i like the one with the with the lid mm. with the cup yeah um i think that's a really simple one as well yeah it's one of those things i know that we we were speaking to belfast city council about re the, like the household recycling and then the people that do the recycling and they said you know that in the last few years um takeaway cups um takeaway containers and um, what was the other thing he had said i can't remember but anyway that you know oh uh, baby wipes you know these were the three things that they said they'd seen probably the biggest growth of, of appearing in the waste you know And again with the baby wipes you know i think we you just get a use a cloth you know? yeah. <laughs> if you've got an old towel and you think well that's looking a bit sad chop it up into lots of little rags and you can use those and you know there are so many things we don't need to take a, a wipe and wipe a surface and then throw it out just you know use a cloth and wipe a surface and then wash it you know it's just little things like that and if you're i think if you really do need baby wipes so i discovered recently um is bamboo one yeah they come in and they're actually it's just bamboo wipe with a bit of water yeah and there's they're completely you can throw them into compost yeah and they come in a recyclable bamboo thingy it's not the right. typical plastic yeah so it's um i think it's lined with like compostable plastic so the 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 pack it comes in it wouldn't be home compostable but it would be council, council compostable. compostable yeah and then also We all use, well, we certainly do in our household kitchen rolls. And fair enough, you can throw them into um, into council compost. 
but we go through so many of them that I now purchased a roll of bamboo ones mm -hmm. and each one of them each square you can reuse up to 80 times yeah I think we sell them I know so, that's you. yeah <laughs> but also we sell so that's a funny one because obviously the toilet rolls and stuff that we sell um so these ones they're all Two, two, we've got two different brands and then they sell, they're made out of recycled paper, although one of them is made out of virgin bamboo, but then obviously bamboo is a bit more of a sustainable um, crop. But also the brands that we have, the 50% of their profits are used to spend with charities who build toilets in countries where they have poor sanitation and things like that. But we, and like kitchen roll, now it's something that we didn't sell initially because we were like, does anybody really need kitchen roll? And that is single use. And we would just, you know, encourage people to use cloths, for example. But again, it boils down to, but there are many, like my mum included, uses it all the time and as much as I would. And she's pretty good, you know, my mum is quite a good sustainable person, but kitchen rolls is one of her things. She loves it. She uses it all the time. So we thought, well, if we're going to have a product, let's just have one that, um, again, is recycled and it supports a good cause and things like that. So um, difficult when there are so many things you think oh, I don't really need that but if you can like you said about the bamboo wipes and stuff you know if, it, if it's like listen this is something I use a lot and I want to keep using it then it's just about trying to find the right brand or the right product that that ticks the box yeah it is sometimes difficult to transition and for some people it may be too much yeah. too soon or in one go yeah. so finding these little things yeah. and then slowly transition into maybe not using it at all yeah. or finding like you said, cloth instead yeah. of uh, yeah. kitchen roll. And also, it's I, it doesn't have to be... I mean, the best way is to find something that you can change and that you can stick to. But if it means that you go, well, I tried these, and then once I'd used them up, I went back to the other ones because I liked them better. But then that's good because at least you've tried something and you've given it a whirl and you kind of understand why you've stuck with... Oh, my God, I thought I turned this to silent. <laughs> um, you know why um, you're sticking with that product that you know okay I understand it's single use it's going to go to landfill but I've, I have tried the alternative and it doesn't work for me you know and I suppose there's a lot to be said for that too because for every time you maybe go well, like that doesn't work for me there might be one you're like oh this is perfect this is brilliant and that one sticks and then that's the one change that you made you know out of the others that you attempted so you know there's there's, there's lots of ways and means to, to get you know on the journey you know there's lots of different routes isn't there to try and reduce your waste and it just depends on the individual and what works for them. Do, do you feel like, I'm pretty sure it does, it must feel like with this shop, when you are here and you get chatting to customers, mm. that um, talking to them about all these different things that can be done, mm. um, it must feel like you're doing something even even further because you're helping other people finding other ways how to reduce their yeah. waste. And do you find that customers maybe come in and ask about yeah. how to do things differently? Yeah, and um, you know, a lot of people come in and they leave quite inspired because they're like, I didn't realize these shops were here, so I know that Ryan's about to walk in the door. And yeah, so they come in and we can inspire them, but also they inspire us. Like I always use this story about the mung beans. There's a girl who comes in she buys quite a lot of mung beans and um you know some people buy them they buy a little bit but she always buys loads <laughs> i always say to her what do you do with your mung beans and um she was like oh i soak them and then i let them sprout and then i eat them as microgreens oh my god <laughs> I, was like, wow. Wow. I just didn't know there was such a thing and so then i tell other people that oh did you know that you can use those for this and anyway oh that's brilliant um, well, talking about food. <laughs> this is Ryan, Ryan's a supervisor. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. Um, we're just before we completely wrap up. Um, question I ask everybody 
Have you got a favourite vegetable? And if you do, have you got a recipe that you can oh, share? Yeah. And I've, I've kind of feel like I've already t- given it away with my avocado. avocado. <laughs> Is it avocado? I think I would probably choose that. If I had to live with one vegetable... I'm not sure avocado glasses is a vegetable. Yeah, does it? But I'll let you weigh with that. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what I do love. I really love broccoli as well. And a simple thing, this was a Spanish friend that told me this. And all he ever does was steam it a little bit, olive oil, drizzle of lemon and a bit of garlic and just eat that. (laughs) So delicious and a bit of salt. And I sometimes have that just as like a lunch. Oh my God. (laughs) I know. I do that with the lemon and the olive oil. Mm. I never actually put garlic. garlic. And that sounds amazing. It is. It's so simple. But again, it's just it's dead easy because you can steam it. It doesn't take very long. But actually, a friend of mine had listened to a podcast and she was um, she was telling me that with broccoli, it's one of the ones that you're better off chopping it and then leaving it for a little while before you cook it because then apparently the nutrients and whatever the thing is in it are stronger. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it's slightly better for you if you chop it and then you wait and then you cook it. I think it's the sulforaphane. Um, That's, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I heard that before actually. And I never do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I'm exactly, I don't have the foresight, I'm the same. I just cook it there and then. But anyway, that is something I do love and I do love with broccoli and it's so easy. And I I nearly always have the ingredients available, so. That is amazing. I actually, and I still have some broccoli when I put some garlic. Um, before I let you go, um, how can people get in touch? And for anybody who's not visited a retail store yet, where can they find you? And when when can come in? Well, we're, so we've got the two shops. We've got the first one. It's slightly smaller. It's based on the Belmont Road in East Belfast. And then today we're here in the Lisbon Road shop. So this is our brand new one. We only opened at the end of last year. So um, it's all the details are on our website and our social media hashtag... Uh, hashtag handle refill quarter um and same facebook but um yeah all the details are online and um yeah come and visit the lisbon road this is slightly bigger and we've got the yoga studio in the basement so this is like a new venture for us where we've got yoga studio and zero waste shop all in one building so if anybody wants to come and see the whole thing it's a good place to come and check it out that sounds pretty awesome. You can come for a yoga class and then come and shop in the Exactly. Well, it was the yoga teacher who let you in today. <laughs> She's downstairs teaching a class. So, yeah, it's a lovely way to have both of the businesses. So you can sort of do your mindful thing and then you can come up and do your, you know, mindful shopping. <laughs> I like that very much. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Alice, for taking the time. And um, now I'm going to wrap up and have a snoop around the store. By all means, if you've got <laughs> questions, you let us know. I'm here to help. Right, help you. <laughs> Thanks very much. Right, thanks, Susan. When we finished recording, Alice and I started chatting a little bit more and we talked about skincare and we touched on a subject of um, using food for skincare and more natural ingredients not just because of the environmental impact and sustainability but also because of health as in commercially uh, bought skincare that is manufactured in large scale there are sometimes not very desirable ingredients and um, um, Alice uh, made a very good point um, about the fact that uh, many women don't don't realize that and I think especially when uh, a woman is of a childbearing age pregnant 
um, or trying to get pregnant, it um, skincare is something that we should really pay attention to as much as anything else. Um, even though there is very little that gets absorbed through the skin into our bloodstream, even very little of something that can potentially be harmful is just a little too much. So um, this is what Alice had to say. She sent me a little write-up um, with regards to her own relationship with skincare and I thought it was very important to include it. So this is what she said. Another important step for me in my zero waste journey was switching to natural body care products. In my mid-30s, I was struggling with fertility and started to read articles about chemical ingredients in body care and how they are potentially endocrine disruptors. Until that point, I had given very little or no thought to my skin and what I was adding to it and the impact that may have on my body. I switched to natural deodorant, toothpaste and soaps and started using pure oils on my skin. Now I try to use all natural products for all aspects of my skincare and household clearing and I have a son. I thought this was very important message because um, especially for women but men alike I think skincare is the very last thing we pay attention to in our life when we are making any changes and um, I really think it is important just as much as anything else we are surrounded by. As Ali said, it's about the little things. So next time you go to Tesco's, throw out something recyclable in the general waste or buy a water in a plastic bottle because you left your reusable one at home, don't be too hard on yourself. Just do your best. That's all you can ever do. And if there is one thing to take from this conversation, it's definitely this. It is about the little changes, sustainable changes that you can make and keep up. Doing too much at the same time is probably not a good idea. And let me tell you, I speak from experience because I do it all the time and I just never learn a lesson. So don't be like me, be like Alice. <laughs> That is the lesson of this episode. Um, talking of the little things and not being hard on yourself, um, I really messed up at the start when I talked to Alice and mentioned Susan and Claire from the East Belfast TerraCycle. I obviously meant TerraCycle, but I said FreeCycle by mistake. Sorry, girls. Uh, by the way, you can catch these girls talking about recycling and sustainability in episode 49. But back to the refill quarter. Broccoli. Steam it. Put some olive oil, garlic, lemon juice and sea salt. That is the recipe that Alice shared and it is absolutely amazing. It is so simple, super fast and super delicious. I've made it already three times since my conversation with Alice. Um, the first batch, I ate pretty much the entire broccoli head myself, just out of the bowl. Probably not the best thing you can do if you occasionally suffer with IBS issues. So second time, I did restrain myself a little and ate only about half of it. <laughs> Put the rest in a cold green leafy salad. 
But the third time I made it, I made it intentionally as a salad ingredient and I mixed it with um, some chopped black kale and charred leaves, uh, radish microgreens and sliced beetroot. I dressed it all in a bit of apple cider vinegar and a drizzle of olive oil and added some toasted broken walnuts and it is absolutely amazing. So that just shows you how versatile a simple thing like broccoli with garlic, lemon juice, olive oil and sea salt can be. Like you can literally add it to anything unless you of course eat the whole head. Um, And if you remember Scott Riley shared a simple steamed broccoli recipe very early on in this podcast. I think it was episode 13. Don't quote me on that but search for Scott Riley and Causeway Living through our episodes. Um, He shared just a simple steamed broccoli with um, olive oil and sea salt, if I remember. And I absolutely loved the simplicity of it. Um, But the extra addition of lemon juice and garlic, it just takes it to a completely another level. And it's simple foods, simple meals, simple suggestions like this one that makes all the di- that make all the difference and make it so much easier to make very simple healthy changes to our diet and to our daily menu. So massive thanks to Alice for this. Um, by the way, if you think you don't like broccoli because many people don't, do give this a try. Garlic and lemon is a total game changer. I promise. Um, and this awesome broccoli tip can be found on our social media with the rest of the shared podcast recipes. And the best place to find them is the file section of our Facebook group page where you can download the individual PDFs and you can even download the full podcast recipe collection from the first 50 episodes for a small donation to our chosen health charity, Mind Your Mate and Yourself. The recipe collection can be also found on the charity's website as Download and Donate. Just go to mymy.org.uk and search for Download and Donate and the link should come up. Instagram also has our podcast recipes. Just search through our podcast posts if you're not on Facebook. And the Sweet Spot Cookbook is also still available. The paperback can be found on Amazon. Um, or you can simply message me for a copy and if you are in Belfast you can still get a copy of it in Eatwell Foods on Lisbon Road. And if you enjoyed this episode or any other please leave us a review or a rating on whichever platform you use to listen to this podcast. Honestly it takes about 30 seconds and it is a massive help, guys. You don't realize how much help these reviews are. If you're searching for a new podcast, for a new piece of music, for a new movie, for a new anything online, do tell me that you don't look at reviews. Everybody looks at reviews. If something has two stars and something else has five stars, what are you more likely to watch? And it's not just about the stars. It is about your opinions because these can help listeners find the content that suits them the most. And if you do have any comments, suggestions, 
or have a guest in mind that you would like to hear on this podcast, please drop me an email at thesweetspud at gmail.com or simply comment on our social media. Have a lovely rest of the week. Remember to tune in next time. And for now, try making a few simple reductionist changes in your life and see how it goes. Add some steamed broccoli with garlic to your menu. And whatever you do, stay healthy. Until next time. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening.